The second reading this evening is from the first of Paul's letters to the Corinthians, from chapter 3 and starting at verse 10. (coughs) By the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder, and someone else is building on it. But each one should build with care, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If anyone builds on this foundation, using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay or straw, their work will be shown for what it is, because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. If what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. If it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss, but yet will be saved, even though only as one escaping through the flames. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple, and that God's Spirit dwells in your midst? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person, for God's temple is sacred, and you together are that temple. If you're into cars in a big way, you might know that Caterham Cars is is one of a handful of companies in the UK that still manufactures, it's British-owned, it manufactures British, British cars, and it builds them still by hand. And it used to be the case that every car was built from start to finish by the same person, so it was that person's job to assemble that car. And so any problems with the car, you knew who it was down to. And uh, chatting to one of the guys who who drove for them, he said that at some point they moved over to building cars on an assembly line because it was more efficient, it saved time, you could get the job done more quickly. But the result was that that more mistakes were made. Somewhere along the lines, the car moved from one person to the next. The quality of workmanship wasn't quite the same. And there was a decline in the quality of cars being produced. It was as if each individual worker no longer took as much pride in the finished product because it wasn't their car. They were just doing a bit and the responsibility was shared with others and so perhaps they were a little bit more lax about doing it or perhaps it was just the process of moving on from one to the next where where slippages occurred. Teamwork has its disadvantages but God is into teamwork when it comes to building his church, we're all involved together. Paul refers to himself in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 as a skilled master builder. And he says, it was my job in Corinth to lay the foundations. And there's only ever one foundation that anyone can lay for the church, and that is Jesus Christ himself. Though he'd founded the church, though the church wouldn't have existed without him, Paul rejected any suggestion that he himself was in any way foundational to the church's existence. The only foundation is Christ. And some people wonder whether his talk of Christ being the only possible foundation is a dig at those within the church who'd adopted Peter as their apostle and were citing those words of Jesus to Peter that that Peter would be a rock on whom Jesus would build his church. And Paul said, well, no, the only foundation actually is Christ. 
The church is not built on human leaders at all. It's not built on Peter, it's not built on Paul, it has to be built on Christ. Here at Brighton Road, I, as minister, am not foundational to Brighton Road, nor was David before me. Inasmuch as we share in Paul's ministry, our role is to ensure that together we are founded on Christ. He is the only possible foundation for the church. And it's often rightly said that a building is only ever as good as its foundations, and clearly with Christ as our foundation, we have a firm basis on which to build. But how we build together on that foundation is down to us. The foundation is laid, Christ is there. We all play our part in building the church on top of that foundation. And Paul pictures a builder selecting materials he's going to use in his construction project. If he wants to build something magnificent, he will use materials like gold, silver and precious stones. But if he's a bit of a jerry builder, if he can't be bothered or the finances are lacking or he can't get credit from his suppliers, he might just use what's to hand and throw together something made out of wood or hay or straw, patching the bits with whatever he can lay his hands on. And the difference in building materials doesn't just relate to the cost of the building. It also affects the building's durability. After all, by the time you've kind of um, put a covering over the, the structure of the building, you can't see what's behind the plaster. It could be anything behind there, after all, couldn't it? But if the building is tested in some way, if, if there's a fire then you pretty, pretty soon know whether the building is built to withstand a test or not. And fires were the dread of, of early ancient buildings in cities and in towns. If you're building with wood, hay or straw, you clearly don't expect this particular building to stay up a very long time. The builder hopes to take his money and disappear and dissolve his company and be safely under another name by the time the flaws in the building project have been uncovered. There's no long-term investment. There's no pride in the work. And, and wood, hay or straw, I guess, might be okay for a makeshift hovel or a temporary shelter you just quickly want to set up. Or in many parts of the world, that's the best that people can afford. But Paul is not talking about the construction of any old building here. He is talking about God's temple. That's the building he's talking about. It's not a, a place for us to live in. It's not a place for us to live together in. It is a place, a place for the dwelling of God. That's what we're all engaged in, in constructing. The temple in Jerusalem was still in the process of being built when Paul wrote these words. It was a process that lasted decades. And this temple was, was hailed as being magnificent, in line with being counted amongst the wonders of the world at the time. And you can be sure that it wasn't built from bits of driftwood or stuffed with hay or straw. For the temple of the living God, only the best would be good enough. But Paul's vision is not that God kind of lives within, within the bricks and mortar of the temple in Jerusalem. That had been his passion. But once he found Christ, his whole perspective changed to say, we, we are the temple of the living God. 
God makes his home in our hearts by his spirit. And together, we are the place where God dwells. We are the place where God worships. God is worshipped. And that means that all of us together are engaged in building the temple of God here in this place on the foundation of Jesus Christ. Building not these bricks and mortar that have been used in constructing the building where we meet, but in building the fellowship of the church, which is where God makes his home. If we up sticks and move down the road, God would go with us. He wouldn't stay behind in this building and say, no, I don't want to leave leave the building behind, you go off and I'm staying here. He will go wherever we go because we, the people, are the temple of the living God. And Paul, when he pictures someone building, pictures someone building with gold and silver and precious stones because the builder wants that construction to last a long time. When we are looking at building the church to be the temple of the living God, we are building something that will last for eternity. Because his aim is to live among us so that we are his people and he is our God forever. And we're not putting up a shelter for God to spend the night. We are building a church where he can dwell with us forever. So it's worth giving of our very best in the construction of this building for God. Back in the days before building regulations, you could never quite be sure how well a place was built. I remember being abroad sometimes and seeing places in the process of being built and thinking, don't like the look of that. Uh, when, when, I'm sure it's when it finished it'll look all right, but you see behind and just think, doesn't look like a wonderful amount of planning or careful construction has gone in, into that place. As I said earlier, Paul envisages the quality of each person's work being tested by fire. And clearly, if you set fire to to wood, hay or straw, there is going to be nothing left. Whereas gold and silver and precious stones do not burn. So says Paul, watch how you build. What kind of materials are you going to use? Because the day of judgment will test our work. And if if what we've built stands firm when it is tested, then we will receive a reward for the work that we've done. But if our construction is consumed and nothing is left at the end of it, then then he says, we ourselves will be saved, but only as it were by the skin of our teeth, like someone escaping through the flames. Like someone who, who comes back home safely, having gone on a mission, but has failed in doing the mission. And so there's a sense of, I made it back but there's nothing to celebrate about what they've done. They get back, but the mission itself has been a failure. There's relief that you're still alive, but there's no celebration of anything that's been accomplished. It's been said that what you are is God's gift to you. What you do with what you are is your gift back to God. So what does it mean to build with wood or hay or straw? or gold, or silver, or precious stones? How does that translate to what we do on a daily or weekly basis in God's service, in the church or in the world? A lot of it has to do with our attitude. Our attitude, first of all, to the task in question, as well as to the God for whom we perform our task and the people we work alongside. 
But thinking about the task, first of all, if we do something within the church or elsewhere, we build with wood if, if we do the bare minimum and try to get away with doing as little as possible. That, that'll do. That's just about enough. I think I can leave it there. And if I haven't done quite enough, somebody else will pick it up and sort it out. We build with hay if, if we work reluctantly or with bad grace or we leave everything to the last minute and say, oh, yeah, I'd better get around to doing that and just make, doing a makeshift thing that we'll, we'll just about see the issue through. We build with straw if what we do doesn't cost us in some way. If it doesn't take something from us in terms of time and energy and effort and maybe finance too. We build with gold if we take the time to prepare thoroughly and prayerfully. Seeking to bring the best of our gifts and abilities to the task in question. Making sure that we allocate the necessary resources to get the job done properly. We build with silver by giving the task our full attention, not dashing it off quickly on the back of doing something else. When we, when we construct something of which we can be proud at the end. Precious stones are inserted in the design when we aim for excellence, when the best is the only standard that we're prepared to set ourselves. And what's it like to work alongside us, you know, if, if we're kind of working at building something together, what kind of co-worker do we turn out to be? How do other people perceive our efforts? Beware of thinking about the church as if it's something separate from yourself that you can view and assess from outside, as if I could stand here and and look at you all and talk about you all as the church, as if I myself am detached from it, so I can pass judgment upon your abilities and how well you're doing and somehow exempt myself from being part of the church as a whole. We are all part of the church. If the church does something then we're part of that, whether we are directly involved or not. We're praying or not praying for it. We're supporting it or not supporting it. One of the advantages of having a system of church membership, as we do here, is it helps us all to recognise in some measure our ownership of the church. We are in this together. Those of us who are members are, as it were, shareholders in Brighton Road. And there is a sense in which whatever we do, whatever we say, affects everybody else. We are interconnected. We can't simply operate in a vacuum. And that's a great strength, but it's also a sense of vulnerability because we have the potential to affect everybody else positively or adversely. By attitude, the things that we say, the way in which we engage with each other, we can build up or we can tear down in terms of how we relate to other people. And if we fold our arms and opt out and stand on the sidelines, if we grumble and criticise what other people are doing, then we're building with wood and hay and straw. We affect what everybody else does in the church. And it's like a member of the production line not doing his job or downing tools. It's not just your bit that's affected, it's the entire product that's damaged or can't proceed as it could be. If we build with wood or hay or straw, then we weaken the entire structure because we are all only as good 
as our weakest link. You may have a pretty good idea as to where the weakest link in Brighton Road is to be found. And if you reckon you know who the weakest link is, it's your role to support and strengthen them, to stand alongside them and help them to hold their part of the line. Because if you leave them to fail, the whole church suffers. And if you attack and undermine them, you're not just weakening them further, but you're weakening your section of the church as well. There is a real sense in which we are all in this together. So we're called to play our part in the body of Christ by building alongside others with gold and silver and precious stones. And we do this by being reliable by actually delivering what we've said we will do. When we say we're going to do it, not leaving it for others to pick up the pieces we've left behind. We need to build with the silver of good communication, making sure we all know what we're all doing, so we work together at cross-purposes, and not at cross-purposes, cooperating, not duplicating or leaving gaps. Then there are the precious stones of being cheerful and supportive and helping those around you to achieve their best, so that the whole is greater than just the sum of all its parts. And then lastly, we need to remember that what we do, we do for God. That's the goal of all our work. It's his temple that we're constructing together. And if we are reluctant or half-hearted or we can't be bothered... How do you think God feels about that? Have you ever said to someone, or perhaps you've only felt like saying it, if you can't do it willingly and gladly, I'd rather you didn't do it at all. Does God ever kind of look at us and think, why don't you just go home, if that's that's the way you're going to approach it? Does God ever sigh over the scrappy nature of the work we present to him? We need to make our work an offering of worship to God, performed with the aim of pleasing and honouring him. Everything we do, we do it in the awareness that we do it for him. It's all part of what it means to build the church with gold and silver and precious stones. And what kind of building we have at Brighton Road, thank God, is not ultimately down to me. All I can do is keep reminding us that we we are building on the foundation of Christ and all of us build together. It's the temple for God that we're building here at Brighton Road. Every single one of us involved in its construction. Let's each of us be careful how we build. Let's pray. Lord, for for most, if not all of us here, we value and treasure this church. It's here that we have our friends. It's here that time and again we have received so much support and encouragement from others. It's among these people that we have found you. Thank you for these people. Thank you for making us part of your church here or whatever church it is that we regard as our own home. 
Thank you that beneath it all is the foundation of Christ. Help us all to honour you as we look to play our part in building. Help us to give of our best to the task that we do. To work well with others and to bring glory to you by how we do whatever it is you call us to do. Lord, build your church in us and through us. Thank you that it's in your heart to live amongst us as our God. May our hearts always be open to welcome you, because we are your people. In Jesus' name. Amen.